welcome you to the Igniting Consciousness Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Horine, a principal chiropractor alongside my husband, a magnetic alignment coach, a 3-5 manifester in human design, a toxin-free living advocate, and obsessed with all things related to a healthy mind, body, and spirit. My passion is to empower and inspire people to become the highest expression of themselves while recognizing they are the creator of their own reality. I'll share ideas, interviews, and examples that will prompt you to learn more about your true thoughts on yourself, what your true desires are in life, and how you're connected to the world around you. This will happen through human design readings I do with clients, principles of chiropractic, and how true health and healing is expressed from the inside out magnetic alignment recode sessions, and my own personal journal prompts that I receive while in meditation. My hope is that you can have your consciousness ignited to remember that the key to living in a happy and peaceful world all starts by discovering those pieces within you. Well, hello and welcome back to the Igniting Consciousness podcast. I have a beautiful divine soul with me today, Emily. Oh, I'm so excited to have this conversation. Uh, we go back actually quite a few years, though we have not met each other in person. I feel like we really have. I mean, obviously, we're talking in person right now. For those of you listening on the podcast, obviously, you can't see that. But we are just going to go into it talking about so many fun discussions in relation to human design and then doing it as a parent and parenting through your design and then also understanding with your children. We're also going to go into Akashic Records and some other beautiful energy relations. And so let's talk about Emily a little bit here. Emily is trained as a Reiki master and Akashic Record practitioner and holds an English teaching degree from the University of New Hampshire as well as her MBA from Hudson University or is it Houston? Hudson, you got it. Hudson University. This combination of formal education and spiritual training leads to powerful offerings with clear purpose and impact for her community. She is a channel for divine love and kindness, which means that every course she teaches, every coaching call she opens, every live healing she offers is led completely from a space of compassion, understanding, and respect on a heart-to-heart level. She has created the life of her desires filled with freedom of time, passion, peace, and love, and she wants more than anything for you to find the same in your life. This is how we were connected to begin with, was divinely led, I come to a new location, I meet somebody who knows you, who has worked with you, has utilized your services, which is definitely led through love and absolute compassion and listening, and turned me on to Akashic Records. What is Akashic Records? What does this mean? And I had an Akashic Record reading with you early on and felt instantly connected, uberly comfortable, and so this is where we're going to go from here. Yeah. What is the Akashic Records, Emily? Oh, my gosh. So I love that I can't remember half the time where I meet people from because it is divinely led, right? I'm like, I don't know. I just know her, and she's got a beautiful energy, and it's been fun to work with you through the years and just, like, do different things. And now coming together for this is so fun. So the records, the Akashic records. So the Akashic records are a place that we can learn to go energetically where we can receive wisdom, guidance, love, so much information. It basically holds all of the information that ever was and ever possibly could be. But we have to learn to ask really powerful questions. So it's a modality to help us find guidance in our lives. Hmm. 
And for the listeners and people, because, you know, we have people coming from all stretches listening in right here, it is not a scary thing at all. I mean, right? Well, that's a huge misconception that I hear that um, people come in and are like, well, if I learn something like this, am I opening myself up to something negative or, you know, is this what's going on here and the way I really teach it is just another way to support yourself it's a really learning how to get quiet and still and if you're coming at it from a more logical approach we only have a certain number of working memory slots in our conscious mind so you can hold what you're going to make for dinner what what who you're just talking to your to-do list you're holding all that in your working memory learning how to access the Akashic Records is learning how to go beyond your working memory. So you free up extra space. It's like putting a storage card in your brain. All of a sudden, you've got all this extra room, all this extra space to ask powerful questions, to get answers. So it's a way of supporting yourself for healing, wisdom, guidance. Anybody can learn how to access the records, but it's kind of a place we're going and then you need to learn what to do once you're there. <laughs> so what do I do now that I have this extra memory drive stick, right? <laughs> I don't know. Like, are you just going to leave it empty or are you going to fill it with stuff that you want to? So it's not yeah. scary at all. It's it's a way to support yourself. There's nothing um, scary about it. It's just extra access to extra information. Mm. And then being an Akashic Records practitioner and, like, leader and guide, Let's talk about that. Like, what does that mean? Because then again, that's where some of that, and I don't even like to put it out there, but people are like, oh, are you, you're accessing information about my stuff that I don't even know. And and yeah. the reality is, is you could know. It's just you learning how to access that, right? So yeah. you as an Akashic Record practitioner, set it up of what it could look like. Like, for instance, I came in, that's how I met you, was having an Akashic Record reading session where it wasn't, me learning how to do it for myself where you do have that training as well but in this case for me going and doing receiving an akashic record session what does that look like that's a great question so right you could learn how to access them yourself or you could have somebody guide you to the akashic records so what you're talking about your first session you're like what is this thing what are the records i don't know my friend's telling me about it she says that it's great right so in an akashic record sessions you have a guide somebody like me who has been trained in how to hold space in the records for other people, how to ask those powerful questions. And so with the Akashic Records, I'm never going to get access to anything somebody doesn't want me to. You don't hop in and I don't see all your deepest, darkest secrets. I don't like, it's it's nothing beyond you guiding the session. So what, what it looks like is you'd hop on either a Zoom call or if you do it live in person or a free conference call, whatever app you're using, you jump on and then I have us take a deep breath, come into relaxation, and I ask you, what do you most want to know? What are you looking to change? What are you struggling with the most in your life right now? And we kind of just, sometimes I close my eyes, it helps me connect more, and I'm holding space for you to ask those questions and then I provide the wisdom that I'm receiving. It's, it allows us to find other pieces of the puzzle that we don't get in our every day to day. So I'm here as an Akashic guide to help you find that clarity as a neutral party. I have no preference of which direction you go. I want to help you find the answers for you, right? And so I help you using the power of the Akashic realm 
figure out. And the beauty of it is you don't have to listen. <laughs> you know, you get the wisdom and you choose to listen or not. But I find if you play with listening, you'll you'll be like, okay, it's, it's probably worth listening to. <laughs> well, and I'll just share with it, too, that oftentimes whenever, especially a wonderful guide like yourself doing it, um, the information will come through where it may not make sense to you. but. Yeah but it'll come through for exactly how that person needs to hear it, and it'll make sense to them. Yes, that's so, thank you for bringing that up, because you can find a lot of Akashic Record practitioner, and I definitely don't want to, like, say I'm the best out there or anything like that, but you can You're find, pretty awesome. You are. <laughs> <laughs> you can find people who aren't that good. Maybe they're new at it. You know, it, it's very important, no matter what type of, obsession you get that you find a good energy with the person that you just have like a sense of trust or you feel like you would want to hang out and have them make you a cup of tea like you want that sort of energy when you're getting this session because you want somebody who's going to hold space for you and so exactly what you said is something that's important to me I don't want to interpret the messages that I'm receiving I want to share them as they are because it might not make sense to me. The Akashic Records are using what is right and true for you to communicate to you. So uh, let's say I, when I connect to the records for myself and I think about horses, it brings a certain type of energy. But let's say you had a terrible experience with horses when you were younger. And so I see a horse in a session for you I have to remember that it's your connection to horses and not my own. So it's better for me to share. I'm seeing this horse and it feels a little bit scary. It feels like something's going on. Do you have a particular memory around horses or what's your association with horses? And then I can help you bridge the gap between what your question was and why this thing is coming up. But I want to share it as much as I'm seeing it. And sometimes I do see with Akashic Record practitioners out there, they're doing a lot of the interpreting for you based on their connection to those messages. Um, so it, you really have to learn how to hold space for other people when you're doing a reading because it's not going to be your own messages, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. And actually, I'm going to add this in here, too, because I just love having readings of all kinds, like some people would call psychic intuitive guides, you know, could be tarot card reading, which you do all that as well, and that's all part of it. Um, but I had, like, so I had a reading, and I was in Sedona, Arizona over Christmas. Actually, it's why my daughter's name is Sedona, because I love Sedona, Arizona. And a wonderful, amazing guide. And it was very fitting, and that's another thing, it's very fitting for the timing of which you're asking the questions as well. Yes. And I'll just give this example because I was listening back to the recording because it is it is helpful to go back because when you're in it, you're like vibing off of the energy of where it's at and receiving it, but you don't always hear everything until you go back and listen to it again. So having their session recorded is like a phenomenal idea. Well, granted, my mind you, I told you, I had this done in December, and I just recently felt the call to listen to it again and as I was listening to it again, it was relevant. But since then, I, when I first had the reading, I didn't have my baby yet. Nice. I, I didn't have my associate in my practice yet. Like, I didn't have these things that I was, like, fully questioning on for what I was looking for in that moment. And so as I was listening back to it, the energy that I was even giving off that that practitioner was reading from me it, it's not it's not even that in direct alignment now because I'm I've already learned from that I've already like expressed that and had that experience 
uh, from December to now being in right. where are we at April May we're in May right now right yes that's so true for the records because I always say people ask future questions right are we going to find an associate how's it going to look when my baby's born and it's really based the the answers that we get is based on if nothing were to change or if you follow the path you're kind of already on, what's going to come out in in the future. So based on my experience in the records, the future is not written in stone by any means. Sometimes we carve a very deep path <laughs> based on our choices and our behavior, and it's hard to get off that path, but we can. And that's something we can do in the records, too. You can ask, you know, okay, is this going to happen in the future? And we get a no. Now we ask those powerful questions of, okay, what do I need to do to change it? It's not just accepting it. And um, there's something coming through, which I'm just going to share, too. For anybody who's listening, if this is helpful, a lot of times I have people come into the record session asking questions like, am I going to find love? Am I going to be financially free? And I really work to coach people to instead ask, how do I find the relationship for me how do I become financially free because it's not written in stone it's not destined of whether you're going to find that relationship or whether you're going to be financially free you get to decide and then the records are going to give you wisdom on how to support that so I see a lot of people come in almost disempowered like is this meant for me or not and and we want to shift that to how do I get this if this is something I want what are some strategies to support that and I love that you state that just like that. It's like there is truly nothing that is too much to want or to desire. It's just how is that going to unfold for you is going to be completely different than maybe the person that you that you consider a mentor or that you look up to. It's going to unravel completely different for you than what it would yeah. for them. Exactly. And it's not that you're not destined to ever be in love or you're not destined to ever receive these things, it's that um, you may need a little extra support or a nudge to think about things differently or, you know, um, give yourself permission to do it, right? And I do get a little bit nervous when I see other people doing Akashic Record readings and you'll see people answer like one question and I do this in lives too and it's hard to go fully in depth as we do in a session when you're just doing like a quick live but if somebody were to say, am I going to meet um, the person I'm meant to be in love with? And the, those practitioners say no. And then they just leave the person there. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Follow-up questions. No, like, was it a no, not right now? Was it a no, not forever? Even if it's a yes, is it at a yes today? Or is it a yes at some point in the rest of your life, you'll meet somebody, right? We have to ask more questions because there's more information to be to be had. Ah, and I love that you state that because I'll just share with the listeners here as well. I think before I even did my first Akashic Record session with you one-on-one, -on -one, uh, the friend that had referred me to you into your, your group, which we'll include that in the show notes, Awakening Ground, which is fabulous. Definitely hang out in there. It's a beautiful community. I was listening, you would come through and you did your lives, and it has evolved since becoming a mom, because at this point, this was, before, I think you were pregnant at the time, I think, whenever I started with yeah, you. Yeah, I think so, 2018, I think around then. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so you were pregnant at the time, so you were evolving, and that's the other thing, like, to remember, everyone, like, we are totally evolving, like, men and women alike, but definitely women, as we go through, like, 
motherhood or like, you know, becoming pregnant and oh, now I'm going to have me say what I just have to share to listeners. What's so beautiful is Emily is so true to herself to the core, learning and discovering herself of what is truly the best of ease and flow for her. And I got to witness that as you were pregnant and like already saw this beautiful community and, and tribe that you had created there and seeing how you were shifting it and you set it up to allow other people to rise up in your community to help you become the parent so you could spend that time parenting the way yeah. you wanted to parent and to be totally present with your son and your new baby while still having that community totally live and, and applied to and taken care of. And so I'm just I just want to commend you on how you did that shift, whether it was just guided or you knew or you know, yeah. most people are like, I have it written down, it's gonna to have to go exactly like that, regardless of however it happened, it happened beautifully and you did it in such a wonderful way. So I just yeah. I a huge part and I'm sure you're going through this right now recently having your baby you know like it it really um we have to learn to hold space for more than we've ever held space for before and so that takes some figuring out I mean Willard's going to turn four in September and there's still pieces I'm figuring out I know can you believe it (laughs) there's still pieces I'm figuring out like oh make a little tweak here um let's get this organized you know when you're just two parents living together before you have kids and you don't necessarily need to figure out all the moving parts and pieces because you're just taking care of you so I hope you're giving yourself a lot of grace, a lot of gentleness as you figure out how to hold space for all the things. But ask your community for support. Ask your people for support. I knew that I wanted this community that I had built to continue to be active, but I knew I wanted to give myself X amount of time to just focus on me and baby. I knew that I could have squeezed in all these other things and made it work, but I knew part of the reason I went down this endeavor in the first place was so I could be home with kids before we even knew if we were going to have them or not. So, um, yeah, I just reached out and said, I'm looking for people to do all the things I was doing already, card readings, Akashic records, and then I put together a little schedule of who would do when, and it worked out awesome. The group, there was still things for people to interact with. I felt like things were taken care of, like somebody was babysitting my baby (laughs) while I was going to go my new baby, right? Oh, yeah, and it was done so beautifully, and it really did, It like, for me, before we even got to know each other more, like how we, we do now, it allowed me to see an example, so thank you for setting that example and paving a path like that for me to see, too, because me being a neurologist, like a chiropractor, well, I'm lucky that my husband and I are both chiropractors, so he, you know, we literally designed it and set it up so I could step back and I could full-time mother as much as I wanted, you know what I mean? Because in my head, prior to baby, like before being pregnant, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to be off for like, you know, maybe maybe a month, and then I'm ready to go back in. Well, she's four months old right now, and I'm like, no, I want to be full-time mothering. I'm just getting started. (laughs) I'm just getting started. Exactly. So it's beautiful to to set that up, and I was able to watch that dynamic. And and there's no pressure. And that's the other thing. When you have a beautiful tribe, and so for the entrepreneurs out there, like when you have a beautiful tribe, like they're going to support you in the shifts yeah. and changes that you're going through to not be like, what do you mean you're not coming back? You yeah. know, it's like they're, they're going to honor and have people that. that say that they're not your, they're not your tribe. They're not your right clients. You know, take feedback from the people you care about and trust. If they're like, hmm, you might be doing something a little 
strange here. But Especially those projectors in your life, right? <laughs> So, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you bring up a good point. Like, I have learned and really been able to lean more and more probably since that time. You probably saw the first initiation or phase of me really leaning into taking care of myself and what my personal priorities were, like home life priorities, right? And so now, the more I do that, the more I do have people saying, wow, thank you for showing me how to set boundaries or thank you for showing me how to clear space because I struggle with that with myself. And so I don't think we often realize how much we're teaching outside of courses, outside of our memberships, just by being who we are. And so the more I give myself permission to do that, the more I'm hearing that positive feedback because it can be scary. Like, oh, no, I need to hold all the things up. I need to just keep going that I'm a manifesting generator. So I'm like, got to do all the things all the time but it might not be the things that's really lighting up my sacral. It's just the things I feel like I should be doing, which I'm finding in turn actually ends up restricting the flow of freedom and financial abundance versus if I let go of the control, surrender to what I really need, um, things flow so much more easy. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Isn't that the truth? And it's a journey, which is a beautiful segue into talking about human design. So, for those that are listening, and a lot of the listeners are listening, they're like, hear me talking about human design. And so you're a manifesting generator. What's your profile? So I'll, I'll, I'll say, let you take, go on. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm a 6'2 um, with a sacral authority. So um, role model, hermit, uh, manifesting generator with a sacral authority. I think that covers the big pieces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. And then just so the listeners know for me, I'm a 3-5 manifester uh, with a emotional authority. And so we'll, let's, let's just kind of talk about that. So as a manifesting generator, and you, you said this, which was why I said it was a great segue into this, is really starting to know what lights up your sacral center. And so you're utilizing your strategy and your authority to yeah. be able to truly know, like, okay, you, yes, a manifesting generator, and you have abundant energy, and you can juggle multiple things all at the same time. However, like, and you can make up, you know, the majority of the, I can go, 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 and I don't have to, you still need sleep, but you, you know, yeah. don't, the, the, the amount of sleep and the timing of when the sleep happening is a lot different than a manifester or reflector or projector for that matter. Um, but at the same time, you have to still be very cognizant of, of maintaining that energy and, and not, reaching burnout because you're doing things that are not in alignment with you. So if you don't mind sharing, how do you know whenever things are acting in alignment? What are things that you have done now also understanding that you're a manifesting generator and then you have your sacral authority and then your strategy is to respond? How has that helped you to even make this this shift, that conscious shift that you made moving into parenthood? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Great questions because – Learning about human design gave me permission to make the decisions that I already knew on some level. You know, working with Reiki and the Akashic Records, I had like an understanding, but I still felt all this pressure to do things a certain way or accomplish these things. So it gave me basically that sacred pause. Wait a second. How do I actually feel here? Because part of what I have to learn to cope with as a manifesting generator is 
not just jumping into the do, 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 because my sacral says, go, go. You know, I hear something 10 feet down the road, somebody needs something done, and I'm like, must do it. And I've literally had to learn how to sit on my hands and not say yes and not overcommit. And so a struggle for me is people will reach out for for different opportunities or different things, or I get a million ideas through my open head of things I want to do, and the manifesting generator part of me says, just do it, just go, go, go. So what I learned to decondition is as manifesting generators, we're not responsible for doing all the things for all the people. We're responsible for doing what our sacral says yes to. So once I began to understand that and kind of use that as a mantra, because it also comes with a lot of guilt, and I have an open heart, which can make us struggle with self-worth, and, you know, if I do these things for people, then I'm proving my worth is is kind of the out of alignment or thing that can come up. So um, I learned to question or, you know, to be honest, it's halfway through starting the task. <laughs> so I allowed myself to change my mind. Like I would get in the middle of a project and have to be like, wait a second, am I doing this just to do it or is it in alignment with where I want to be? And so I take that moment as I feel so grateful to be able to make those in-the-moment decisions as a manifesting generator, but I have to remember to do it. You know, I have to remember to say, deep breath. What's my sacral say about this? And so it's me just feeling into my abdomen, looking for either that expansive energy or that, like, heaviness, contraction. And I know if I'm feeling in a slump for a day, two days, I'm like, something, something's got to give. At this point, I can recognize it a lot sooner, like, what's off, what have I been trying to do? I start to ask those questions to figure out what I need to shift or change. Mm, that is so, so crucial. And with, yeah, and in, even with the manifesting generator part of it, and that's where in the human design world you hear a lot of people um, like manifesting generators will think that like manifestors, like my type, like we're exactly alike, but me as a pure manifester, I have energy and I feed off of because I have an open sacral center. So yeah. I'm able to feed off of that energy when I'm around beautiful souls like yourself. But then I also have to be very aware of where am I like utilizing and feeding off of that energy at the same time and remember, hey, like you still need to remember that you probably aren't going to take that totally to completion. Like you're really yeah. good at initiating the task and starting it and getting it going. But you're going to be interested in starting something up because I have a defined head and defined Ajna or okay. defined um, crown and defined Ajna. So like I have a very defined way of like not saying I'm good at it because it's a journey. And that's the thing to know with everybody that is doing human design. It is the journey and yes. practice of human design. It's not like it's just set in stone, do it once and you have but to but on. <laughs> yeah, no, it is absolutely a practice. It's an, it's an experiment. I heard somebody else call it it's an experiment. Yes. Have you been practicing your experiment of human design? And that's yes. like the experiment of life. So that way you can honor yourself and, and your differences and your skill sets and what comes natural to you or what you need to, like, what do you need? And, I, and I'm putting air quotes to work on it. Or is it just that maybe you should just, like, you can attract other people into your life and leave, you know, um, to do so. So with me having yes. to define... You must feel, do you feel sometimes, like, uh, did you ever feel bad about not finishing the tasks? Or, like, why do I start all these things and not finish them? 
I yes. would imagine that would be a big struggle, but you're not designed to, right? You're designed to be our brainstormer, our idea person, and you get to just float around and think of all these ideas. But we have to learn how to do that within yes. the realm of modern society because you couldn't just, like, start a new job and then leave after month three because you've got better ideas. I mean, you can, but you've got to, like, Yeah, but, like, I had to be, so here's a perfect example with me setting it up for, um, like, for me to leave for maternity leave, for me to be able to full-time mothering. It was strategic, and and it's funny how, like, we've naturally played into it, and now I love using human design to be able to be like, this makes sense on why I'm the one that's going to go out to do that. Like, I'm going to fly out 25 weeks pregnant to uh, Chicago, Illinois, to go to a like a seminar where I'm going to learn these new things of how I want to implement them in the office because I'm the implementer. Like, yeah. and once I get my mind set on something, I'm going to implement it, and I'm, you know, and, and maybe it won't be perfect right away, but I'm going to, of course, correct really quickly because I have my mind set on it, and that's my design. My yeah. husband, being a projector, he would have, and plus being a one three at that, he would have had to study it longer, wait till it's perfected, and like, <laughs> like confident in it. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so it was very smart that I went out to do it, and I was like, all right, let's rock and roll, like ready, fire, aim. You know what I mean? Or ready, aim, fire. Really is kind of how I go yeah. after it. <laughs> and yeah. then implement it. And then because I have a three in my profile, it's like there's no mistakes that I make. You know what I mean? It's always a learning opportunity. And so it's like course correct. And it's quick for me to course correct. And what's beautiful, the five in my profile always wants to share it with people. So I'm like, hey, uh, yeah. then they're done that. Like, you know, you don't have to listen to me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to listen to me. But, like, you might be able to save some time and maybe some energy and stress just to know that, like, hey, I actually did that. And maybe, like, you could try it this way. And so, and I love sharing that, uh, that you know, my experiences through that. But that being said, I went out, I initiated, I did that, I implemented it in the practice. And then what was beautiful is that I have a I have several like peer generators on my team. My husband being the projector, so he was able to like master it after I've already started implementing so you it. You implement it, you bring all the energy, and then you get to let the generators, projectors come in and fine tune it. So you kind of like prime the pump, get everything rolling, and then you can come up with the next idea. So you can grow and make your practice incredible with all your new ideas rather than needing to get into the nitty-gritty of seeing it through to the end or making sure it continues to be implemented, which I'm sure comes with a lot of trust, too, like trusting your people and trusting your team, right? 100%, yes. And with that, like you pointing that out, like absolutely, it was like implemented it, and but I also knew that I was, you know, I was only becoming more and more pregnant, that it was like, I, I I'm totally trusting and relying on on everyone to pick up the pieces and to make it become one with it and then allow that to mold and create the continue the community and the culture. Such a good example of how human design is meant to how we're meant to work as humans. We all have different designs for a reason. If we were operating as our own designs and not what we were conditioned to operate as we would have more of that sense of community. We would have more of that sense. You've got uh, reflectors and projectors trying to feel like manifesting generators, generators trying to be different things. And so everybody's feeling out of sorts where if we all allowed ourselves to be what our design is, then you've got your idea generators. You've got your people who are going to come in and see through to the end of a project. You know, um, 
that's a perfect little microcosm example of how it's meant to work in, with our designs. Uh, yeah, and I just love hearing that because it, and then it's like trust and relying and then informing for me, like my strategy is I need to inform. And so I, of course, inform my projector husband, like, here's my plan. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go take this seminar. I'm going to do this just so you can be prepared that things are going to change. Yes, the informing part, right? That's really key for you. Yes, yes. And and it has, and it's just been blossomed beautifully. I mean, and it's, and it's something that I then had to remove myself from because now I'm taking on motherhood since having, having our beautiful baby girl. And I haven't had to go, I don't have to go back, I don't have, and again, I'm quoting, back into the office. And yeah. it's not because I don't love what we've created. I don't yeah. love what I get to do, but I love mothering. And I want to have that freedom. And that's what we wanted to create was the freedom for me to be exactly. a full-time mother to help this beautiful new soul blossom and guide her as a now knowing her human design and oh my who, which my daughter's a manifesting generator, which is, you know, and now it's like different for me of, of how I need to help her explore. And she's an emotional authority too. So she's going through her emotions like as a little girl. And it's just like not to be upset or feel like I'm failing as a mom because she's she went from like laughing and then now she's crying because she instantly wants to be fed or she instantly wants this right like, now. I want to get this thing done now. <laughs> and she doesn't know. She can't. She's four months, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, no walking yet. Mm-hmm. So, but she probably has in her in her mind that she wants to get somewhere, or see something, or experience something. So you have to deal with that manifesting gener- generator frustration. Yes. Not being able to do the thing that you want to do. Um, yeah, my son is a manifesting generator as well. So it's nice to have the same type. He's actually we're both six two manifesting generators. So oh, beautiful amazing to be able to see that and recognize that in him as a kid to where I think my mom did an amazing job raising me you know but how cool is it to know what your kids designs are so you can really support them at this young age I had an open head right so I have an open head so as a kid I took in a lot of other people's thoughts a lot of other people's expectations, right? And so I learned to trust other people's thoughts over my own and squashed a lot of my energy until I started to learn some of this stuff. And now I can recognize, oh, that's somebody else's thought or make sure that I'm centered and grounded when I'm making a decision. You have a closed head, right? So your thoughts are coming from your own energy body, from your own um inner wisdom right mine's coming from somebody i just saw at the grocery store for like who knows where like somebody i met 20 years ago like not a good place for me to be making decisions from so now i can help my son with that like ask him yes or no questions rather than open-ended i give him choices he's he's three you know so i'll say do you want this or this and he points to the hand that he wants or like ask him those yes or no but then my husband is a reflector so I asking him open-ended questions is really important, but knowing our designs of our family helps us operate more easily, right? So you don't, like, butt heads. I'm sure manifester and projector, there's potential to butt heads there. And if you know each other's design and how to kind of come together, it can be so helpful for parenting, relationships, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, I mean, nail on the head. I mean, I would love to hear more as because I don't have any reflectors in my life that I know of right now. Let me tell you. (laughs) 
and I know it's like timing is of utmost importance, like length of time is of utmost importance for reflectors because they have to follow the moon cycles, yeah. right? No quick decisions. And, you know, I'm a manifesting generator, so I move really quick, <laughs> really yeah. quick. I make a decision. I'm already on it. My husband's like whirling his head around like, where'd we go? Where are we? Like I would rearrange the whole house overnight and he'd be like what happened to our house you know it's, it, then the first time I pulled his chart oh my god did the compassion flow in I felt so bad I saw every single open center and was just like wow that's a lot of information you're receiving all the time and this was earlier on in my journey so I didn't know all the pieces about decision making yet I just kind of knew the open centers meant you were receiving information and amplifying it. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's a lot. I'm sorry. And then once I learned that they, the reflectors thrive on waiting at least one moon cycle to make a decision. And if they still don't know by the end of that moon cycle, waiting a whole other moon cycle. So I had to learn how to give him an idea and not ask about it again for a month later because he doesn't know. And it would feel like moving so slow for me. So I learned what decisions, you know, more of that partnership, which decisions were worth waiting for his input and which ones were he was he okay with me making. So we had those conversations, like, what are you okay with me making? And I came to realize, like, not changing the house around a lot is nice and supportive for him. And then once you get into the variables and see, like, what people's different environments are, kind of setting that up for success. So, you know, made a little area of the house that's mine that I can change and rearrange as much as I want to, right? But having mm -hmm. most of the rest of the house pretty sustainable and, you know, staying pretty much the same. Consistent, <laughs> yeah, because consistency is so important for them, too, because of the yeah. timing it's like, gosh, you sharing that because I was just like rereading again because like you just can't get enough of human design. Oh my gosh! And then and then the different people that share it and like you know because there's like different. It's a whole other language when you're learning yeah. human design. Yeah. And then if anybody's listening and like, what are you guys talking about? Don't worry. It's like layered learning. You pick up bits and pieces here and it will like start to come together. Absolutely, and that's what I keep telling people. I'm like, it is a whole other language. And then it matters. Is it? like coming from Ra Ura himself, you know, right. which he labels things differently, yeah. then there's kind of more of like the Carrie Kern Parker with the yeah. quantum, you know, the quantum yeah. human design. I just finished listening to an audio book from one of her students um, working with human design and your clients, and he, yes. he referenced her a lot. It was a really great uh, listen, but um, yeah, and then you have each practitioner's own different approach. And so having an energy healing background, I really think about the open centers and how we can clear that out and what it means if it's getting stuck and, and that kind of approach to it too. So it's so fascinating to see all of the different approaches and try to find your way through <laughs> what does this mean and <laughs> where are we? Through the puzzle. And so even, like, we'll just go back even further as we've been talking about this and Human design is so beautiful, and I'll just share it, like, personally, with me coming across it, because I've studied being entrepreneur, being in the world of um, working with people and energies all the time, and also having a Reiki background and all this other stuff, and, and seeing a lot of people in my office. So we're there's a lot of energies coming in, so we've really had to work on 
being a mirror and not a sponge or else there's no way I'd be able to. Because you have those open sacral, so you're just absorbing that life force energy. And if you didn't have a way of reflecting that back, I love that you said mirror, not a sponge, because I see, unfortunately, so many projectors. Projectors definitely seem to be the most I'm seeing this, and maybe you saw this in your office. Oh, but you might not know their design, right? But if you did happen to know it, I see a lot of projectors with chronic illness, with um, medical mysteries, like unknown things coming up. Um, and from my understanding, it seems like it's living out of alignment with the projectors love rest. But the world tells us we need to be, be, be. Projectors are meant to be our wise people in like their little hut that we go and hang out and ask for the wisdom and they get a lot of a lot yes <laughs> but they're often conditioned to be generators if they have parents who had to find sacrals i don't know if you or your husband dealt with that like that can be yeah. a tension for kids and parents like parents thinking their kids are lazy because they have an open sacral <laughs> like no guys you're just different you're different designs so i am so happy you brought that up because I mean, my husband did deal with that, and that was, like, before knowing human design. I mean, we knew about the DISC profile, Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, you know, all those, which are beautiful, like, behavioral understandings, and, and we've studied those heavily, and those were helpful. But then but prior, like, once I learned about human design, like, based on how you answer the questions for Enneagram and based off of the practitioner who's typing you, and I'm yes. quoting again, and, and the Enneagram, they they might be typing you wrong, so you're like molding yourself to what you think your type is. That's a good point. I never thought about that because my Myers Briggs is always INFJ, which I do relate with. Um, is that the Myers Briggs is the four? Yeah, letters. that's Myers Briggs. Mm -hmm. um, but I always do feel a pressure when I'm filling out those type of things of like what I think the expected response is. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that's coming from my open head, so I imagine a lot of other people would too, and so. Yeah, I think what you're about to say is human design. There's no question about it. Just mm -mm. It's based on your birth time, and that's that is powerful. It I like. Is. That. I never really thought about it like that. One hundred percent birth date, and that's not you know for going at stuff, but I'm because like yeah. I use that a lot. Like I even use that to help me know like oh, is this person going to be a good fit in my office as far as my team members? But they're going to be able to answer the questions based on exactly what you said based on what they think they need to, how they need to yeah. answer it. Versus us truly knowing, like, we wanted to know that because we wanted to make sure it was going to work for them, be a good fit for them as well as a good yeah. fit for us. Yeah. And now, human design, you can't make up your birth date, time, and location. I mean, of course, now I realize on there's a, there's a whole series of people that don't know their birth time because yeah. it's not on their birth certificate or, you know, their loved ones have passed on that would have known when they were born. But you, we could yeah. still get pretty darn close even without knowing yeah, the time. Yeah, you know, I've... Most of them don't change. I had a woman, we had a session yesterday, and she emailed me like an hour before, and she's like, oh, my God, it's p.m. instead of a.m., and sometimes I can change a chart huge, but it didn't change hers at all, so it's really oh. interesting. But usually if somebody doesn't know what time it is, I'll put in a.m. and p.m., like 7 a.m., 7 p.m., and see if it changes it drastically, and if it does, I'll ask them a couple questions about themselves based on it, like if one profile is a manifesting generator, and one's a reflector, I'll try to ask a couple of questions to see if I can figure out which one feels more like them, which resonates with them more. Um, mm -hmm. There is, There are people who do birth reconciliation charts, I think they're called, um, 
and that sounds so fascinating. I don't know anything about it much besides they like look at life events that happened in your life and like reverse engineer <laughs> what your birth time was, which sounds so oh, yeah. Wow. That is like, now you're going to get me onto like, Ooh, I know. what do I want to initiate next? Right. <laughs> I what I've personally done is I would use 12 PM. And um, what I found yeah. is that it won't change their type, but the profile could be different. Yeah. So you might not be able to know what some of the gates sometimes will change. Um, but I did have one person once the type totally changed. Wow. From AM to PM. And I was like, oh, good thing we got that right. <laughs> right. Well, and I, and whenever you're doing this, so if you want to find out your type thirds, you can use like jovianarchives.com. Yeah. There's like mybodygraph.com. Yeah. Um, and there's plenty others as well. But when you're doing it, just pay attention to whether, if you know your birth time, if it's in military time or if it's in 12-hour time. Because I profiled myself wrong because I, I didn't realize it was in military time and I was oh. born at like 1.55 p.m. And so I didn't change it to 13 on there. Yeah. And, and so I put it as a.m. instead of p.m. Oh, exactly. Wow. And yeah. so my profile changed. I thought I was a 2.4 profile and I was at, I'm actually a 3.5 profile. Wow. Yeah, yeah. See? Yeah. And you know something else too is depending which software you use, sometimes it will do the um, – the day and then month first. So you got to oh. make sure that you're putting those in the right way too because I've had that happen. Um, I had somebody reach out in a membership that I run because I was asking people for their birthdays. So I could pull their chart for them, get a little more info. And she's like, oh, my God, I spent the last two years thinking I was a generator <laughs> and I'm a projector. <laughs> oh, gosh, massive wrong. difference. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, like, my gosh. Let's talk about rest. <laughs> you know, she was like, I was wondering why it never resonated with me. So, like, double, triple check your birth info that you're entering. Um, make sure that's right. Oh, my gosh, yes. I, I was going to reverse back and just share, like, the rest with, like I said, my husband being a projector, yes. and you know that. Because yes. you've done a human design reading with him, which yes. he loves. And we both love the way you yes. do readings. Like, even though... I can do readings myself, but like having somebody else do it for me and same thing with reading energy, having someone else do it for me. So that way I know I'm not getting my like ego in the way or whatnot, like even in the heart center. So I have a defined um, self as well, self, self heart center right there yep. too. And it's really interesting. And I don't know if you find this or not, but I, I can tune in like when I quiet my mind, but because my darn head is divine, it's really hard to quiet my mind. <laughs> yes, I'm not. Yes. Well, it's so interesting. I think it really is for all of us, but from di for different reasons. You've got your own internal thoughts. My mind is hard to quiet because I'm receiving everybody else's <laughs> thoughts, you know, all the other thoughts. So, yeah. Very true. Yeah. And so the rest with the projectors is so important. My husband, husband's father is a manifesting generator. His brother was a manifester. His mom is a projector. Okay. But she being married to a manifesting generator took on a lot of those qualities and it's a different time generation. So the relationship's a little different than like how we would do our relationship. Right. Okay. So he did get labeled as lazy and mm -hmm. You know, and she always said, like, he was my good baby. He was the baby that just, like, I could set him in the corner and, like, he didn't even move. Whereas his manifestor brother was, like, climbing yeah. the blinds and, like, doing yeah. all this other stuff because he's like, ooh, I want, I see, I want to do kind of thing. Yeah. And so moving forward, so he had, and he had a beautiful upbringing, but he had emotional, um, I don't want to say trauma, but emotional baggage around 
thinking that he was lazy this whole time. And he even had a labeling, they called him like LB squared, laid back lazy bastard, you know what I mean? And it's like, and it was just like little things that like, they truly like, you know, as a kid, it's like they're interpreting like, I don't have the energy. And he did get sick. Like he had Hashimoto's, thyroiditis growing up and all this other stuff. And then let alone now realizing that the diet he was consuming was not best for him. Even though it was like full of protein, you know, like the preconceived notions, parents did the best of what they know, but having a manifesting generator father who was a very dominant figurehead in the family, like serial entrepreneur, he's like, what's wrong with me? Who is adapting to that world, so that's Mm -hmm. the stage for him too. I see this so often with parents and kids. I'm trying to get the word out as much as possible. Like, you could have different sacrals, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to, like, bring that up because this is another thing I wanted people to hear that are listening to this podcast to hear that, that really human design, it was it was divinely downloaded. Ra, who was a manifester, and he was like, I didn't want this darn responsibility of receiving all this wisdom and guidance and stuff, but it was really downloaded to help people parent like yeah, that was the that original intention I know isn't that amazing I feel like that's not talked about enough that was just in the audiobook I was listening to was this was designed to help people parent so we could yes. start from baseline when people say we don't have an instruction manual for how to be humans we do now but we do the same for everybody you get to you get your own instruction manual and then you help support your kids that way and I think I think probably something that is a struggle is wanting your kids to be successful, wanting them to to be successful in this modern world, and how do you support that? But I think we have to question how we're defining success. I want my son to be emotionally successful, to be successful in community, and I don't necessarily care what the heck he does for a job. <laughs> I don't care what he does, right? Like, as long as he's successful in whatever feels right and true for him, if he knows how to listen to his sacral, if he knows how to listen to other people, um, those are the type of things. But if you're thinking of success in the terms of traditional success, being wealthy, being, um, you know, prestige, like those type of things. Knowledge, like college educated, all this other stuff. You see your kid um, needing to sleep (laughs) a lot. You're like, uh uh-oh, this is, you get worried. I'm doing something wrong. i got to help them. i got to kick their butt into gear, right? Like my husband is a reflector, um, which is very different than a lot of other types. And I actually don't know what his parents are, but I know there was a lot of tension and struggle of him trying, needing to be a certain way or like trying to push him and feeling like something was wrong or something wasn't right. So, yeah, I think how have you noticed already in the first four months, how has it helped you as a parent to give yourself permission? I'm not doing something wrong. This is their profile, right? Right. Yeah. And, and so like, if anything, I mean, I just encourage people to, you know, find out your design because it's also important for you to know your design. So how you will parent a child that is likely a different type and, you know, a different type than what you are, just like how it is with me. And obviously my husband as well, And then obviously, and then helpful in a marriage. And so, and that's what I love about human design is that we all have our individual gifts and skill sets and things that come naturally and ways that like we're having personal experiences, interpersonal, you know, interpersonal experiences. 
and how all of us are so important. And I love how Carrie Kern Parker actually said that she's like, you are a once in a lifetime cosmic event. Yes. There is no right. other person that's going to be exactly like that. you. Yes. <laughs> right? I love that and so too. honor your you being that once in a lifetime cosmic event and you have purpose in this world. Is it going to be different? Yes, it's going to be different than anybody else's. Can you get inspiration and ideas like for people that you feel led and followed? Yes, absolutely. But like in the in the doing so of that, the exact strategy Look, I'm using language. The strategy to get there and to have ease and flow in your life, like you really can have ease and flow. And that's another thing is that the more you follow your authority and your strategy, you really can have ease and flow in your life. Not saying it's it's not, we're not here to come in a, a, a quote from Abraham Hicks. You didn't come into the world to come into a fluffy feathered nest. You know what I mean? Like we need to see the <laughs> but polarity. That nice. To be able to lay back down your fluffy, relaxed bed. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's also, that's another conditioned thing too. If you don't, if you think, it, it's going to be hard. It'll likely continue to be hard. Like for me, if we would have thought it was going to be hard to attract an associate into our office, it absolutely would have been like a self-fulfilling prophecy yep. of that happening, you know, and that's just like a minor example. And you look for all say, the ways that it's hard, all the ways it's been hard for other people. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. And, and even if your loved ones, your blood relationships, they're like, no, this is what I did. And like, it took a really long time. You can't That's trust this. Yes, I remember as a young girl, my mom would say, "You just have. We have to do things we don't want to sometimes." And I, yeah. all of who I am, would rebel against that. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> I didn't know why. I didn't know why I rebelled against it until I was studying human design. I was like, of course, because I'm designed to do the things I want to do and not other things, right? And that's how I help my community. I'm going to shift the blinds again. Yeah. I was like, you've got the light shining on you. Coming more and more. Um, oh, my gosh. I don't even know where it's coming from. It's okay. You're good right there, yeah. Okay, so um, she would say that, and I realized it's because that's not what I'm designed to do. But then I came to realize she's a generator as well. And so she was programmed to say sometimes we just have to do things we don't want to, right? And so yes. we pick up that, that conditioning from the people who are well-intentioned and trying to guide us. And, and she was right. For her, there were things she had to do that she didn't want to do, right? And as much as possible, I'm trying to teach my son to, if you have to do things you don't want to, get in, get out, and don't overcommit, right? Like, um, right. you know, yeah. It's not oh, that. no, I love that. I love that. Exactly that. And so utilize it for yourself, understanding, like, you and your gifts, helping with parenting, and um, and then there's going to be a learning experience. And then it's going to empower them early on so they can really be fulfilling in the way that's true and right for them as they continue to grow, you know. And it's, it's a journey. It's like it's a journey for us. It's a journey from them from the beginning, even even though we didn't know our design from the beginning, it, it, like it's no matter what, it's a process of unraveling. But we have the best opportunity to try not to condition them. Yep. Sit on your hands. <laughs> pay attention to the words you're saying, and you have to. You do have to consciously think. Is that a conditioned thing, right? You know, um, I think you'll probably realize this more and more too. But kids are they mimic everything that you're doing. They pick up your words. They pick up your movement, your action, what you're actually doing, right? So a lot of times we could get frustrated, like, why are they acting this way? And I've really been practicing, like, what did I do to encourage <laughs> this action? You know, like, what have I been 
saying myself or what have I been doing myself that could be something he's mirroring because we don't often realize it. Like, you're going to get called out. Your kids are going to see things that you didn't know about yourself, right? And so having compassion and patience and the ability, even at a young age, to be like, oh, actually, you know, I said this, but I think this is what I actually mean or have those conversations. Allow yourself to learn and grow so they learn how to learn and grow and change their mm-hmm. minds too. Yes, yes. And I'll just add to that before we wrap this up because I'm just like, gosh, we can I we I just see like so many <laughs> I see so many ideas and so people listening to this to the podcast, like, you know, share this with others. If you want to hear more then we will do I'm it. assuming you'd be open to working on we can yes. make this conversation and extrapolate from there, you know, have this again. Um, with with my daughter I'm already seeing in the first four months now like we're always feeling each other's energies and so even looking at it through the eyes of human design my husband might be feeling and I'm just giving an example because this happened fairly recently being an emotional authority he was riding his emotional wave and she was I noticed all of a sudden like I was like whoa why did you just shift she was feeling his emotional wave and her being an emotional authority too she like so like her having that sacral energy and she like literally was riding that sacral or riding that emotional wave with him and I and and it came out of nowhere and so here's me I'm like okay I see my husband riding this emotional wave right now so yes. I'm, I'm giving him space to like ride it out right now I'm not asking or getting into you know getting onto him but now I see it affecting our daughter right now and so I like had to like pull her out of that space out of the yes out of the field of that experience oh yes God, though, huge props to you for recognizing it in that moment that that's what's happening. (laughs) That is a gift to her. And a message to ourselves, too, if we're riding somebody else's emotional wave, step away. Give yourself that space, right? So, yeah, I think it's, it's amazing for you to be able to see that at this moment in time. And also, hopefully, honor your husband's, like, emotional wave he needs to go through, right? But, um, taking space for you guys or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Kids are so sensitive. You know, my son would, um, if we were ungrounded, like one and a half, two, whenever he started walking, he would come around and tap the bottom of our feet like this. I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, this happened a lot. I'm like, what is he doing? And then one day I was like, oh, my God, he's, he's grounding <laughs> He's grounding us. Like, they totally ride our energy. They know when we're distracted. They know when we're feeling upset. And so another, before we wrap up, another huge piece that I've noticed from human design and parenting in general is that kids know. Kids know they when everybody knows. When you yeah. come into somebody else's auric field within three to five feet of them, you feel what they're feeling. And to different degrees, depending on design and what type of aura they have. But the best thing we can do with our kids is validate. If they say, Mom, what's wrong? Don't say nothing. Everything's okay because you want to protect them. That's the worst thing we could do because we begin to doubt ourselves. How many times was I told as a kid, everything's fine when it wasn't, right? And so I needed to learn to trust myself again. Like, no, everything's not fine, you know, but you start to doubt yourself and doubt these things. So the best thing we can do is validate for our kids, you know, if it's too big of a topic to talk with them, yeah, I'm feeling off. 
and I don't want to talk about it right now with our partners too, with our mm. friends. Like, you're right. Something's off. I don't know what it is. I have an open solar plexus, so I don't know what I'm feeling half the time. <laughs> so he's like, how are you feeling? I'm like, I don't know. I can't answer that. Can you ask me a yes or no question? <laughs> <laughs> it's easier for me to respond to, and then I'll initiate, yes, you know. Then I'll be able to understand. Um, but, yeah, if your kids come to you and say, what's wrong, just say something's off. You know, let them know that it's okay because they know. They already know, so you can teach them how to trust themselves when something feels off. Mm, gosh, that is such a beautiful message to, to like, to wrap up right there is for yourself, for validating yourself, for your kids, for your loved ones, for all those that you love and in your energy field and friends, you know, close friends too. It's yeah. like be honest with yourself and then in doing so it can give somebody else, not saying it's going to be comfortable, yeah. but, but you don't have to you... go into the whole ordeal, but this is about giving ourselves permission to be as we were designed to be and remove all the other gunk that's getting in the way. That all the shoulds, as I say, so you need to stop shooting all over yourself, Shut right? All over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, Emily, this has been so beautiful. So, if there is anything else you'd like to share with our listeners, what would that be? Oh my gosh, do yourself a favor and at least pull your chart. Ask these powerful questions for yourself. If you're not sure what's going on, get some help to guide you through it, right? But it's worth giving yourself that breathing room. I think more often than not, people end the human design or Akashic Records session with a deep breath, like, oh, I feel better now. I feel okay. So give yourself that deep breath. Dig into some of this. You're probably being way too hard on yourself. So be gentle and kind. And thank you for having me on. This has been so nice. I think oh, my gosh. A million other things we could chat about, right? <laughs> well, we'll definitely, we'll definitely chat about that. And, and for those that want to find Emily and do an Akashic Record session with her, Reiki healing, human design reading with her, you can find her on Awakening and Ground. So Awaken A W A K E N and Ground dot com. Um, you can do one on ones with her. Join the community, which your community is on Facebook, Awakening Ground, right? Yep, come join us over there. I do free card pulls on Monday. We chat things. There's tons of free resources in there if you want to come over, and it's just a free group to hang out and chat all things spiritual, all your questions. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's absolutely beautiful. And so, yeah, so I am just so happy we had this conversation, and you know how to reach out to her. I also will have that information in the show notes as well. And so until we communicate next time, Emily, thank you so much for this time together. <laughs> Thank you, and thank you, everybody who listened, watched, all the things. Yes, have a beautiful day. Thanks for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you received lots of value out of it, as I certainly enjoyed sharing. Could I ask that you please share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, if you could leave a review for me on your favorite podcast app, that would be greatly appreciated too. If at any point you'd like to be on the podcast or have any questions you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, direct message me on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Natalie Horine, that's H-O-R-I-N-E. Thanks again for listening, and now have an expansive and awesome day. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.